When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Real Money, the podcast. It's even almost summer for most of us who do (laughs) or listen to the podcast, with one glaring exception, and that's that guy. What month is it there in the Seattle area? What month is it again? I think they call it January. Pretty sure. So weird. Let's see what we are getting. We are getting here in Florida as I am recording this. uh, We are getting, we we have sea breeze fronts coming across the Florida peninsula. They are about to Mm -hmm. slam into giant thunderstorms right over my house. Any second now. So if you start hearing booming sounds outside, that would explain what that is. Uh, uh, so hi everybody. Welcome to talking real money, the podcast I'm done. That's Tom. Um, or actually, no, I think my, I, uh, today I'm beans, 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 beans? the giant. Ah, yes. you so were, that crashing you, you sound didn't... you hear may be me sitting down. <laughs> Fee, five, full fum, that kind of thing. I did that. I actually did mm, that. You'd be uh, good I, at was, that. I was recording a part for a podcast for kids that'll air in, I think it's, I think it's July. That's cool. And I play I play a vegan giant living up at the top of the beanstalk. It's a very modern giant, though, or mo- very modern beanstalk. So it's a very nice beanstalk. So I'll tell you more about that later. Good. Uh, today we are continuing yesterday's episode because the well, last yesterday's time we episode were on talking real money. Oh, sorry. Yeah, previously on talking real money. <laughs> you oh. can't do that. Uh, yes, I can. We, Sorry. we, it's uh, one of those days we started for sure. Yeah. He's in a mood. He's in a yeah. mood. I think you're right. He really is in a mood. I just, <laughs> thank God I get to edit this if things don't go well. Um, last, uh, yesterday, in yesterday's yes. episode of Talking mm-hmm. Real Money, we yep. started talking about the biggest mistakes investors make based on our experiences right off the cuff, nothing prepared. These were just the two of us talking about things that we see investors doing over the the thousands of years we've been doing this show (laughs) since the Pliocene era and the last mammoths were hunted down. Was that the Pliocene? Ice out there? It's still ice in Seattle, but that's it's January in Seattle. It's ice age. Exactly. Um and so we started doing that, but then we got inundated with phone calls because it was the Saturday live show that became the Tuesday podcast. So we defer to calls, but now we're back. And now we really have to give you, as promised, at least, at least five big mistakes investors make each. Now, Tom started off last week with um, ideas, not plans. You want to elaborate yeah. on that a little? Well, sure. People, uh, the portfolios that I look at are not portfolios. They're a series of ideas. Things come along People decide to buy them or they're sold to them. And so I see all these, you know, well, wow, shocking technology, right? Or individual stocks in particular sectors. Or here's a fund that 
wait, wasn't there one called Ark? I mean, things like that that have come along where people said, oh, I got to have some of that. That's one of the biggest mistakes I see. My number one was far too many people either thinking they are smarter than the market or that they know of someone who is smarter than the market, which really does just come down to this basic concept of knowing the future. And the fact that we think we're smart enough to know the future when what we're doing is confusing all of those thousands of hunches that we get basically every day, those gut feelings, some of them right, some of them wrong. You ever run into, and I don't want to use, I do want to use moms for this because mothers of children always have these gut feelings. Something is terribly wrong with my child. I can feel it because they're moms. They're like, but how many times? were those feelings correct as opposed to, I'm just worried and, oh, good, they got home okay. You know, most of the time, those hunches are wrong. The problem is when we feel them and coincidentally, we end up being right, we think we knew something that we couldn't know. Some of us take it so so far as to make a career based on one correct guess and then we inflate that until it sustains us for life, even though we're consistently wrong thereafter, Harry Dent. Yeah. And I'll add a corollary to that in that people also have recency bias. Things that have happened recently will continue to happen. The market is littered with people. Again, I think I mentioned ARC, uh, that something worked for a period of time that has to work for a long time and it does not work for a long time. Well, that dovetails right into Tom's number two. Which, which was is, yeah, what, chasing what's hot. Now, mm-hmm. how is chasing what's hot different from ideas? Well, again, idea because then you have a series of these portfolios that uh, that have a number of ideas. Chasing something hot could be as bad as oh, jumping into Bitcoin, right? Or I gotta oh, own uh, uh, or Tesla or, after uh, it's gone up. Oh, any series of things that uh, have happened recently that have had a good performance. And we, again, have a sense of confidence that that performance will continue. And again, the track record is that it will not. So the better approach is to be diversified and own a lot of different things rather than saying that shiny object. Yeah, I got to have some of that. Yeah. What you need to do, remember, is instead of just buying one Bored Ape Yacht Club meme, You need to buy multiple. You never know whether the Sailor Yacht Club or the Devil Yacht Club guy, the apes. You don't know which one is going to be the hot NFT in the future. So you need to diversify your NFT portfolio. Indeed, that is true. I know you're pulling my chain on that one. Board Ape Yacht Club. Still do not get why a drawing of of an ape in some sort of a thing where like his eyes are hanging out of his head or something, how that can be worth six or even seven figures. How is that possible? Well, wait, I think it was worth seven figures. Now it's yeah, six. It's probably now, true maybe now. you get it for five. Yeah. I mean, these things are going in the wrong direction. So Don is being a very, very tongue in cheek, very facetious when he's talking about investing in NFTs, which we do not consider no. an investment at all, period. No, I mean, 
We don't think it's a good idea to invest in fine art, actual art painted <laughs> by somebody famous like a Claude uh. Monet or a Van Gogh or a uh, you know whomever. Uh, 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 I don't even. I don't get the. I don't get that. I don't get you. You could buy a piece of fine art and pay far less than you would pay for a piece of crappy digital art called an NFT. Yeah, and which is really just the license of that. I mean, it's a very odd thing. So, yeah. um, no, we don't consider so anyway, that. And that is second, something hot or new. Yes, go ahead. My second one was not yeah. learning from our mistakes, like buying a Nifty and then going back out and buying another NFT <laughs> when the first one didn't do well. Yeah. I, I know, again, that's a poor example, but uh, yes, we do see that. It is. It's regularly. a terrible example, but not learning from our, our, our mistakes. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll give you a great example. Uh, getting into the hot technology stocks in the 90s. Now, come on. I know a few of you who got into the hot technology stocks in the late 90s and got burned, came back around and bought technology stocks recently and have gotten burned again. Well, because a you're lot following of people. Yeah. You're following a lot around. of people jumped into technology because I talked to a lot of you at the end of 2021 because what they had gone straight up for a period of time, got to own some of those. And guess what they've done in 2022? They've basically gone straight down. So again, it's illustrative. Yes, I, I concur on there. Um, let All me right. take up number three for right, me. Here you go. This is Tom's number three. Yeah. And this is one I, it's underrated. It's not thought about nearly as much as it should. Um, and that is not watching or understanding expenses, how much your portfolio is oh, truly costing you. just took mine. And I'll tell you why. i tell you why people don't, because they don't know where to look for it. They don't have to write a check for it. They don't really see it come out of their account unless they know how they're looking for it. And even when you own mutual funds or exchange traded funds, most people don't know what the thing expense ratio truly means. And so we just, I think we talked about this on a recent program where somebody called in and said, I want to own this, this, uh, high income fund. That's a bond fund that charges, I think it was like almost 50 basis point, point five. And I said, well, you could just go on the Vanguard total bond, which is like five basis points. I believe that doesn't mean anything to people. I think that, uh, what the hell? so I said, well, think about it another way. You're paying $5 a gallon for gas right now those of you who still own gas powered cars and yes, I'm among them. Um, somebody in the office got a Tesla, but we'll talk about that maybe later. It wasn't me. So, uh, the point is $5 a gallon of gas is pretty expensive, but if you're, that's would be in the five basis point bond fund. If you're paying 50 basis points, the equivalent is you're paying $50 a gallon of gas. Are you okay doing that? I'll bet not. But you do it every day with mutual funds. You don't see the money coming out. It's not meaningful. This is yeah. a part of investing you really have to understand. You've really got to be careful about it because remember, well, as I and, said, and, it's every day. And that's day another after day. human failing. That's another human failing. That's why it, it is so important that the government take our taxes out of our paychecks rather than send us a bill every year for how much we owe in taxes. Can you imagine what would happen if every year the government sent you a bill? For twenty thousand dollars in taxes at the end of the year, instead of taking it out twenty thousand in little increments over the year, yep, it adds up to twenty grand. It's a human failing. But here's the thing: if you 
two identical funds, and we've seen this with S&P 500 funds too, where there is an S&P 500 fund that costs 50 basis points more than an index at somebody like, you know, the same index at somebody like Vanguard. The difference, the difference between those two funds, just that half a point difference over 20 years on $100,000 can amount to 50000 extra dollars or fewer dollars at the end of that 20-year period, just from that slightly higher expense ratio. And that I think that's more important to put it in dollars rather than expense ratios, because again, people don't know. Then the other part of the ex- expense part, Don, is if you have hired someone to actually you know, give you the planning, uh, have a financial plan, mm-hmm. manage the money, do all that work, you and I have seen cases where people have paid as much as 3% a year for that, yep. which is outrageous and hugely expensive over time. By the way, some of those people charge me and then they use index funds and act like they're doing you a favor. Like, well, wait a minute. You're or or even, that worse, price right even up. worse, they charge that two. And these days, three is rare. Yeah, the, three the fees is, have come down. Three but is two, really, really rare. See. Two yeah. certainly exists. And when yep. you have somebody charging you 2% to manage your money, which a good advisor should do, and then they also put your money in really expensive products on top of that, they don't use the least expensive products available. They go with actively managed funds because they think there's somebody out there smarter than even they are, then uh, they're doing you a further disservice. So Fees, fees, fees. Tom's right. Fees. Well, fees and let me matter. just finish that thought because again, this is one where people don't think it makes a big difference. If you're paying one and a half percent a year for management and planning, hopefully, and guidance and all the rest of that, and you can get the same thing for one that's just as good. Well, again, I, there's I, that fifty thousand dollars. It's huge. Again, I don't see why people don't think that's a bigger. De- it's that's a that's fifty percent increase. People, I think it's nuts, and I think you should pay closer attention to it. So I see that all the time, though, where people don't. Yeah, that's okay. Well, here's one that uh, pretty much this is this plagues a lot of people, not just investors. This plagues almost anybody who wants to have a life after their work life, and that is not saving as much as you can as soon as you can. It's good. The key is to putting some money away, as much as you can put away without hurting yourself, hurting yourself. I didn't I didn't say as much as you can put away without reducing the number of vacations you take a year. I, if you go for a less expensive vacation and you can save more, you're better off. But saving it, the key is saving it sooner than later. I made this mistake myself as a young man. I did not save enough. And when I did save in a 401k or whatever, I, I, there were times when emergencies happened. Guess what I did? I spent the money as a young man. I had to take care of whatever the bill was right then. And that's short-sighted. I understand why people do it. I'm a 27 year old daughter. I get it. She's better than I was though. So, uh, save, save early, save often. Yeah, I think that's good. And by the way, here's another one in terms of the saving. The minute you get a paycheck of any kind, set some of it aside, something, do something. So it's because it's the habit of doing that for me, especially when you begin full-time work to immediately say, I'm taking 10 or 15% of my money. That's for the future. 
yes, things come along when you're 27 that you don't expect and you got to pay. For, I get all that. But to have the discipline, have the habit of starting early. And by the way, this is one of the things, uh, if you join uh, Diana Bacon's class, uh, Money for Teens, that she talks about it. And that is the spend versus save teen. Hugely important. And by the way, so yeah, is it time for my number four? Not yet. Hold on. Oh, Speaking okay. of surprises. Yeah. Oh, what's the next surprise? Uh, m- my daughter, 27, uh, bought a house last year, bought a townhouse. Because it, it was a wise decision because rents were so high that she bought this townhouse at a decent price way before the prices started rising. And then they were still constructing it. And they had to give her the pre-construction price. Uh, but after being there a year or half a quarter, three quarters of a year, she got a bill for, you know how kids ignore things in the mail? <laughs> they, they don't even believe there should be such a thing open as mail. The mail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You open the mail. Well, mm-hmm. it turns out that she thought her homeowners association dues were part of her mortgage payment. No. Oh. They were not. Oops. So How as much? a young lady running on a tight budget, her father just sent her a big, big check. You're a good guy. <laughs> to help her through the Yeah, HOA that reminds disaster. me. I just got my, I think it's from the county. I think it's taxes. I didn't realize that my, wasn't being paid out of my mortgage. Can I just send you the bill? Is that what your new job is to pay those kind of things? Yeah, no. Uh, okay. For my yeah, no. 27-year-old ah, okay. daughter. Oh, and So you're discriminating and this, of course, those came, of us who are came older. with a painful talking with. Oh, <laughs> I'd prefer to pay it myself rather than hearing that lecture. Have the so, talking. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. All right. So Moving I'm on, on to number to four. Tom's number yep. f- Yes, you're number four. Yep. Yeah. And this is, this is a big one because I see it regularly. Most of you as investors do not know how much risk you're taking. Most of you, especially youngers, take too much risk. And let me explain. You own portfolios that have individual stocks in them. Individual stocks are very risky because they can go through periods of time where they make nothing. They can also go out of business, default entirely. You own generally concentrated positions, types of stocks that have had a run, might not have a run into the future. We don't know. And most of you, most of you, especially I see younger people, which is good. You should have it mostly in stocks. But again, because you're not diversified, your portfolio is too stock heavy and too concentrated in individual or a, a similar type of positions. So too much risk is something I see from investors on a regular basis. The focused portfolios. Yeah, that Regularly. That, uh, I, yeah, yeah, where you just hone in on something. Well, you know, my number four, again, dovetails on that very nicely. And that is ignoring both science, and I threw this into common sense. Because often science is just common sense. Much of what we believe about investing totally defies common sense. Uh, For example, the aforementioned believing we know the future totally defies common sense. You wouldn't think any other part of your life, you would not believe in, in any other part of your life seriously that you can predict the future. Very few people go to psychics or astrologers or whomever to find out the real truth about the future of their 
family life or their love life. They may do it for fun. Smart people don't believe it. Be a smart person and believe the science. The science says the future can't be predicted. In smaller ways, the science says that undervalued stocks have tended to, over time, become more valuable than stocks that aren't undervalued. Smaller company stocks have tended, according to the data, over time, to become more valuable more rapidly than the bigger companies. Little things like that are such such simple ways of improving your portfolio, and yet we ignore them because our strange beliefs override our faith in the underlying research that shows something entirely different than what we believe. I think common sense. Again, if you sort of step back and looked at those two, at least those two principles, you'd say, yeah, that kind of makes general, (laughs) it's fairly intuitive. It's kind of a, Don McDonald used to call it a duh Duh. factor. Yeah, like like the, the one factor that they've more recently discovered. This is one of my favorite factors that they have more recently discovered. Now, you'd think this would have been discovered thousands of years ago, but you know, you'd think that they'd figured out the world was circular or a big sphere thousands of years ago, and they didn't. So the fact that they didn't figure out that companies that post higher profits consistently tend to do better than companies that don't post rising profits. Continues. The profitability <laughs> factor. The profit, duh. You mean a more profitable many- company is going to be worth more? Many, many years to figure out. Maybe it's buried in a time capsule from 5,000 years ago yeah, or something. No, somebody learned. The, the Egyptians figured it out, but Probably. their civilization collapsed. And Well, it's hard to read you know, that stuff on the outside of the pyramids. It's hard to read those hieroglyphics yeah. until you exactly. have the, uh, the, 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 code. the stone. The stone. Yeah. What was it called? Um, oh, no, the Rosetta Stone. Yeah, exactly. That'll I was going to say easier. the soapstone. No, but it's yep. the Rosetta Stone. The soapstone. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> All right, yes. science. Now, Tom, yep. five for you, sir. Yeah, and this, this is your last weird. one, unless, yeah, I know. unless in the bonus round, you realize ah. one that's even better. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, you know, here's the thing. This is going to sound funny because I just said the portfolios I see often contain too much risk. The other mistake I see is too little risk. There are many Ooh. of you that that invested for a while, and you know who you are, and then Stocks went down and you said, I don't want to be part of that part of that anymore. Oh, you can go back and run the years, 87, 98, 2000, 2001, 2007, all those 2020, et cetera, 2013. You can bring up the other years, forget. But the thing is, then you moved it over to cash or bonds or something and you've been waiting mm-hmm. because apparently they're going to ring a bell or call you or something to put you back in the market. And then you bring your portfolio to me and I look at it and say, you're 45 years old and you only have 20% of your money in stocks and the rest in cash. Or you have like many other people, millions of dollars sitting around in banks. So too little risk. And by the way, never has that been more painfully evident than today when inflation, I don't know, is it running at 
eight percent? Is it going to run at four? I mean, I read today that the government believes it's going to run at about four and a half percent. Even four and a half percent would be well above historical averages, and we compound how much things cost very quickly. So, too little risk is a big, big, big mistake that I see on a regular basis. Please stand by for a call from the stock market. <laughs> the, the Hello, bell this is, is the ringing. stock market. I, I just wanted to let you know that uh, that this is the moment. Tomorrow, tomorrow prices are going to go up. So um, uh, it would be wise for you to I'm go in. ahead and start investing now. Oh, okay. You're not going to get one of those. <laughs> you, you see, I call right did. The stock market. Ooh, the stock market's calling, honey. It must be time <laughs> to get back in. Oh, and then you get one of those calls where it's like, hi, this is the stock market. Sorry, oh, it's going to go down some more. Out. Sorry, Harry Dent is online too. Says time to sell. By the way, his um, and prediction of the end of the world by I think it was the end of May apparently didn't play out either. So well, he's going to say I was almost right. Stocks went down some. Yes, they did. Yeah. Some. Um, here's my fifth and and final biggest mistake. Yeah, and this I really be big. believe I believe this is the biggest mistake. Oh, I think this okay. is the biggest mistake we all make is we fail to think about anything that has already happened as past tense. Oh, that's a if good one. If we would just change the way we think the market about is anything going. that has happened even a fraction of a second ago yeah. as past tense, I think we would all be better investors. The market is never doing anything. It might do something or it has done something. Those are your only choices. Change the way you think. Not the market will because you don't know the future, so you can't say will. The market might or the market has. That's all, period. And that, by the way, is also the what I mentioned earlier about recency bias, that people have a tendency to think because the market has done something in the last week, month, hour, minute, it will continue to do so. No way. It can vary all over the place. So you can't, you can't, there's no predictable pattern to all that. Therefore, you're properly invested all the time for whatever may occur. And you said this well at Retire Meet, Don, because I think somebody brought that. I think there was a question about, you know, well, inflation is going up. And you even said, well, nobody knows anything is going to happen right after this. Yeah. And it's by the way, quick. that just happened. <laughs> that exactly. just happened. That's it. It, it so. has happened. I, I can't make that happen is because I can't say is fast enough. Darn it. See, I said is, and it was gone before I could finish is. Oh, frustrating. Well, um, let's see. We were going to do questions, but I have, I have good news and bad news for all of you. Yes. The good news is we no longer have a backlog of questions. <laughs> Like yeah, we had. The bad news? The bad news is we no longer have a backlog of questions. In fact, I have just enough for a short version of Friday's QA podcast. So All right, well, keep this those. is just gonna be this is the topic of today's show is biggest mistakes part two. There you go. One Important topic things program to know. with Important. lots of great information in it, though. Very right? true. Yep. Right. So now, Tom, if People, well, here, let me start with me, my part. If you want to ask us questions, it's really easy. You can call in your question anytime to 855-935-TALK. The better way to get your questions to us, if you have a mic with your computer, would you like a microphone with that computer, sir? Say yes. Whenever they ask <laughs> get that. the fries as uh, well. Yeah, fries and a microphone. 
Uh, go to talkingrealmoney.com on the contact form. You can record your question. Sounds so much better. You can type it too if you want. Now, if you need a little bit more help, if you need a little more detailed help than we can provide, and we know there is such a thing that we can provide in a quick phone call, we will help you within a reasonable period of time at our investment advisory firm, Vestry by Appella. Tom, tell them more. Yeah, well, here's the thing. And by the way, one person so far has taken me up on the Saturday thing. Because remember, you said, well, you'll do meetings, right, Tom? And I said, yeah, I'll talk to people Saturday morning. I'm here. What do I care? So one person's already have one meeting uh, this this Saturday. So, I mean, we will be happy to look at your situation, your portfolio, and give you some guidance. Now, we Tom, have, by the way, yeah. we he means the royal we, just him. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. And here's the thing. Um, <laughs> there's also There's also other advisors. There's also very mm-hmm. smart people that work for us. And there's also incredible software that we use to uh, make sure that your portfolio aligns with what you're trying to do, all those things. And yes, there's a complimentary aspect to this. We do try to help you get on the right. Re- we just talked to a guy no, the other day. Free. It's It's not a complimentary aspect. Okay. Well, but it's if you hire free. us, as you already said in your ads, if you hire us, then, then we'll uh, charge you. Yeah, we'll charge you. So anyway, that's uh, a very important thing to get done no matter where you are in your life, in your investing life, et cetera. All you, do is, all you do is go to vestory.com and uh, I think click on what? Contact us? Close, or? No, just go down to the bottom of the page. Go down to the bottom Set of the up page. an appointment. Ah, there you go. And just go you ahead and set up the appointment. We'll find somebody. Chat with us. Tom, yep. e- Tom will either make somebody meet with you or he just probably do it himself because he doesn't want to be the bad guy. <laughs> oh, Yeah. You're kidding me. Oh, yeah, you do. Never mind. You like being, uh, today particularly, anyway. he likes being the bad guy. Oh, God. Think, think, Take think advantage the of The show it. went well, uh, so we had no Tom meltdown, which is, uh, that's a relief. All right. We made it through it, Tom. Congratulations. So proud. Feel so much better. Yeah. And thank you all for making it through it with us. We appreciate you being there. Spread the word. Tell people about Talking Real Money, your new favorite podcast. I mean, if it's, if it's your favorite, you really should share with everybody, right? And uh, if you like us, if you like, if you look us, if, if you, you us? like us, leave a review yeah. at Apple Podcasts. But if we have a little technical glitch, don't give us one star, you goofs. Yeah, what does that have to do with us? I don't know. That was really unfair. We had a mm. guest with crackly noises on his line. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't Sorry. listen to that, Chuck. I can't believe you left. It was an interesting interview. Relax. Yeah. Mm. All right. Moving along, uh, I'm Don, that's Tom. We're talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.